Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life Podcast. Today I'm having on a guest who I know you will find very inspirational. She and her husband and their kids while homeschooling built their home debt-free for $70,000. They had this dream of moving back with their family, where their family was, but that meant a pay cut. They wanted land, but they also wanted somewhere to live. And so they had to pull together this dream of building their home very inexpensively. I know you'll find that very inspiring. We're also going to chat design and then they're building another house now. So let's dive in chatting with Dina from Fletcher Creek Cottage. My name is Lisa, mother of seven and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Thank you so much, Dina, for joining me. I'm looking forward to chatting DIY, home design, building. I know my listeners will be very inspired by your story because you have some very inspirational things that you and your family have done. So let's start with introductions. Tell us about you, your family, your home, Instagram, blog, whatever else you want to share. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and it's great to chat with you all things DIY. My name is Dina and you can find me at Fletcher Creek Cottage over on Instagram. I have a blog with the same Fletcher Creek Cottage and more recently added YouTube, um, which has been pretty exciting, but a huge learning curve for me. As far as the personal side of things go, I am a wife for almost 22 years now, and I've got two almost grown kids. I'm a homeschool mom, and something that a lot of people don't know about me is I am one of 12 children, so I've got a huge family, and family (laughs) is what brought us back to this area where we live. We live in uh, northern Michigan, Traverse City area. And we're on 65 acres here, and that's what led us to build this cottage, which is Fletcher Creek Cottage. So my business was born out of, you know, a family adventure slash venture of just trying to get back home. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I didn't realize you were up in Michigan. We've been up to Traverse City. We did a road trip up there because, I mean, it's kind of far, but it's not super far. Yeah. And it's beautiful up there. A lot of, I've been to a lot of different places in Michigan. It's home for myself and my husband. He grew up like 15 minutes from me. So we are so glad to be back here. Yeah. It's been amazing these last five years. Well, the most inspirational part of your story, at least to me, that I know of, there could be more, that I'm sure my listeners will also find inspiring is that you built your home from the ground up for only $70,000. We did. You'll have to tell us about that. Like, can you tell us how that went? I realize it was probably before lumber prices were what they are. But then again, I think they're going back down now. So I am curious. That's a loaded question. But how did you guys make that happen? It's definitely a question I get all of the time. People hear 70K and they're like, what in the world? How did you do that? You know, they assume that we used a lot of salvage stuff. They assumed that most people assume it was a remodel. So they think we bought mm-hmm. a cottage and just remodeled it for 70 for 70, which, would 000, which would be, also be impressive. Which would just still be crazy, <laughs> yeah. especially now with prices the way yeah. they are. But no, it was a new build. We bought vacant land here. And after we paid cash for our land, we literally only had $70,000 to spend on a house. And so we designed what, I mean, it's not a barn dominium, but it's, 
kind of looks like a barn on the outside, but it's stick built. So it's two by two by six stick built home. And we use the front half for living space. So it's pretty small. It's under a thousand square feet and it has two bedrooms and one bath. And we kind of built bunk beds in the center of my kid's room. Cause we have a girl and a boy and teenagers, you know, they didn't want to share. So we kind of mm-hmm. built a partition for them and it's, it's small living, but we were able to do it for under $70,000 just by doing everything ourselves. Um, family, of course, pitched in, you know, we have uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters and It was kind of like an old-fashioned barn raising, so to speak, but all of the materials that we used in this house were brand new, so yeah. Okay, yeah, because otherwise that would take so long, or a lot longer than it probably already took. So how long did it take for you to do that? It took us an entire year, so I was homeschooling the kids during the day, and Aaron works full-time. He's an engineer, and he was a plant manager here locally, and so we would work on it nights and weekends, and it took almost a full year to the day. So it was a lot. Okay. That's actually surprising to me in that that's really short. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've had a renovation take close to that. Yeah. Well, we buckled down and I wouldn't say that I would recommend doing it the way that we did it. We ended up having to, Trevor City is like a tourist town, really. And we had a hard time finding rentals. Um, to live in Mm -hmm. while we were building. So we ended up moving five times with our stuff (laughs) in that year that we built. And it was just very um, chaotic. So it's not something that I would probably do again and push that hard um, as a family. But then again, I'm so glad we did it because it got us to where we wanted to be, which was home by family, you know, debt-free, Things that were just right. super important to us. So it was worth that sacrifice, I guess you could say, for that year to get here. Yeah. Can you tell a little bit about your conviction behind the debt freedom and where that, like, why, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, yeah, that's great, but I would just take out a loan and just not live like that. But then on the other end of it, you're debt free. What what inspired that conviction? Well, we've definitely done it both ways. Aaron and I have moved 17 times and we've bought homes and been transferred through his work. And so we've had to sell the home. So we've definitely taken out a mortgage. We're not against that at all. The reason why we wanted to build, you know, what, I guess, what we needed, but nothing elaborate and just use Mm -hmm. cash was because the area that we were moving to job security for myself or my husband wasn't great. So we knew that Moving back here, he was taking a huge pay cut. And like I said, I was homeschooling the kids, so I wasn't working. I'm actually a cosmetologist, a hairdresser, so I was working part-time doing hair. But it was something we knew that if we moved back here, we didn't want to have a lot of debt looming over us in case he lost his job or anything like that. We wanted to make sure that we could stay here, put down roots, raise our kids by grandma and grandpa, you know, be a family. And for us... That meant we had to have little to no debt. Right. Yeah. We actually had the same conviction whenever we moved here. We we really wanted to purchase something with cash. And that meant that we had to get less acreage than maybe, you know, you'd think to get. We had to, I, I don't know, we like where we live, but we had the same thing because we wanted to make our blog our full-time income. It already was at that time, but 
I always felt like, you know, if anything would change with any certain thing, at least we don't have to worry about any payment. So no matter what, all we have to really worry about is food for our family, the electric, you know, whatever. There's there's things. Right. But same thing. It's just the freedom of knowing you can live where you want to live, do what you want to do. If you carry no debt, that gives you just so much more freedom. Yeah, it really does. And for us, we had moved so many times, not per our choice, you know, yeah. took us all over the you place, do that again. taking us farther and farther away from family. And we just didn't want to do that again. So yeah, it was worth it to us. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of actually building a house from scratch. I think you're the third person I've interviewed now who has done that. And oh, it always awesome. blows my mind. And that's <laughs> probably because I don't have, I don't feel like I have the skills necessary to do that. So maybe I do. And it's probably one of those things where, well, if you want it bad enough, maybe you'll figure it out. But what's the starting point on that? Well, you know, the old saying where they say, how do you eat an elephant <laughs> one bite at a time? Yeah, It's exactly yes. like that yes. for us with building this house. So this was the first house that we designed and built from the ground up by ourselves. Okay. But, you know, rewind 17 years prior to this, we had bought our first fixer upper and we had renovated that over the course of four years. So we learned mm -hmm. a ton. I mean, I was like 21, yeah. Aaron was 22. And we learned how to tile. We learned how to do plumbing. We learned, we actually did an addition. So we learned framing. So it's not something that was just, you know, an idea. And we're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to self-build a house. It was something that we uh -huh. had been gathering these skills with many different houses right. all along the way. And 17 years later, we had enough skill to self-build a house. So yeah. 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 People hear, oh, you know, you could build a house or you see things on HGTV or whatever and you think yeah. it just gets done, you know, and it's actually right. quite complicated. Not not to deter people away from self-building because it can be amazing, yeah. um, but it's definitely not something that I just picked up the skills, you know, <laughs> overnight. Yeah, yeah. It took a lot of years. And same with Aaron. We both learned along the way. I think for us, the biggest struggle would be finding the little pockets of time because even it, with a year, you had yes. to still devote, I don't know, the number of hours that go into a DIY build. But I'm assuming every single day there was probably some hours put into this. It wasn't like you're like, well, we'll do a little every bit day. now and the next month we'll do a little bit more. No, it was daily, every yeah. day. And then if, yeah. if I could get the kids, so my kids were a little older. I didn't have any toddlers. Yeah, and yeah, that's, 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 but <laughs> yes, that's huge. <laughs> um, but the fact that they were you know, like 10 and 14, we'd get done with school by, you know, one or two in the afternoon and then we'd right. head out here and start working okay. and get out the tools. You know, we'd unlock the trailer, get everything set up. Um, grandma and grandpa would come out and help us. They would even bring us meals. They would make us a crock pot if it was cold out. Right. So it was daily for sure. And it, it was backbreaking work that uh -huh. full year. Um, but yeah. boy, oh boy, bringing our kids along for that journey and seeing not just mom and dad working that hard, but them pitching in. Like there yeah. were a lot of things that they could do. And they learned so much and picked up a lot of skills that we've we've built since then a pavilion it's chicken coop a greenhouse a yeah fence, and now we're building our dream house together and yeah. now my son's actually in college 
for architecture. <laughs> so it definitely rubbed off on him. But yeah, okay. we had to bring the kid, kids along. Uh-huh. And to me, yeah, that's that's homeschooling. You know, like yeah. to do something like that, to take your kids along. Yeah, hands-on education. Yeah, you cannot, yeah. that just can't be replicated. I think if nothing else, it shows kids that you can get an idea for something and then you can just build it one step at a time. This is literal, but also so many other things parents take their kids along with where you're you're building something or learning something new and they just see that that's possible. I love that about homeschool. Yes, they see it's possible and they also learn grit too. Like to keep going when it's hard, maybe rest a little bit, but then keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Want to take a break from this episode to tell you about one of our awesome sponsors, Toops and Co. That's T-O-U-P-S and Co. I've had a few questions about that lately. Like, what are you saying again? All of the sponsors will be linked down in the show notes as well as on simplefarmhouselifepodcast.com. But Toops and Co. is an organic skincare company that I couldn't speak more highly of. I actually just did my makeup because I like to do my makeup before I come out and record, no matter what kind of day it's been. I have the Toops & Co. foundation, the mascara. I'm trying to remember what else I have. I have several of their things, and I absolutely love it. It's really hard to find a foundation especially that is both quality and good for you. I've struggled with that for years. I even dabbled in making my own for a while. It was really greasy, sort of worked out, but definitely did not have the quality of Toops & Co. where I actually feel like I'm wearing a foundation. I also really love their skincare products, so I love their cleansing oil. They have this tallow balm that, especially in the winter, I'm starting to not need it as much. I would go to my little tallow balm container five times a day. I just left it out on my bathroom where I pass by often and put it on my face all throughout the day. Now that it's not as dry because we're not running the wood stove, I'm able to do it like once a day and I'm totally fine. But such a luxurious balm that moisturizes the face, but then it also has all natural and organic ingredients, which is really hard to find quality and something that works. Tubes & Co. is offering Simple Farmhouse Life listeners a 10% off discount by using the code FARMHOUSE. So head over to tubesandco.com, use the code FARMHOUSE to save 10%. I know that you're going to absolutely love their products. A little goes a long way. I haven't had to replace them for a while. I'm almost ready to replace the foundation. And I do a different shade from winter to summer. So I'm in that transition phase of like, I almost need a slight shade darker, which is a good time to get a new foundation. But I know that you are going to absolutely love it. Again, tubesandco.com. Use the code farmhouse. So I want to get into your dream home. First with this one. How did, or what was the designing process like? And if somebody wants to do this, say they're not like at the, like you guys are, you're, you lived there for, I don't know, how many years have you been there? We've been here five years now. Five years. And now you're getting ready to build a larger home. But with that one, um, what, what would you recommend as far as, I I know a lot of people get this same idea. I've heard it over and over again. Like we're going to buy this acreage and then we're going to build our own house. What kind of design works well for that? Well, as far as cost savings, one of the biggest Mm -hmm. things that you can do when you're designing a layout is try to keep things together like plumbing. So don't spread things out because not only does that cost more in materials, but it also takes more time just, you know, to put Mm -hmm. a bathroom. 
on both ends of the house, try and keep it in the middle. So right. when we were designing this, we placed bedrooms and living rooms on the exterior walls so they could all have a window. And then I ended up okay. putting all of the plumbing central. So we've got the laundry, the kitchen, you know, uh, the bathroom. They're all kind of like back to back. All in one area. Mm -hmm. So we've got all of our water in one central location. So that hmm. saved on time. It also saved on money. But yeah, as far as design and the layout, everybody's situation is so different for what their family needs. Like there's a lot of people that want to do this to like homestead. Um, and they've got a lot of kids. That's yes, a totally yes. different situation than a lot of people I hear uh, ask me questions like this because they want to downsize or they're retiring and they just want a uh -huh. smaller home. Um, so right. it totally depends layout, you know, what your family needs, you know, as far as space goes and how, how the house should function. Yeah. Like I haven't dove too deep into this world, but I know I hear a lot of people say, okay, we're going to build, I shouldn't, I probably don't even have the qualification to even talk about this. Cause I don't honestly even know much about any of this, but like you said, okay, that's a stick structure. And then some people do like a pole barn. Did you explore other options or uh, what made you decide on the type of build to do as far as cost savings, function, um, ease of building? Yeah. So Aaron and I were familiar with normal framing. Both of us, uh -huh. we, we'd done it for years, but even as kids, his parents are farmers and they'd built barns. My parents built their own house when I was 10. Uh, so we've been around, oh. you know, normal two by four, two by six construction our whole lives. Yes. yes. Um, so that was just kind of the least expensive at the time before lumber prices, you know, did what they did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so we didn't even look into barn dominium or steel built structures because we knew they were more expensive. Okay. So we just didn't even go that route. Um, nowadays, yeah. I don't know. I haven't priced it. So I couldn't tell you, but as far as our new house, that's oh. ICF, which is insulated concrete forms and our basement is built out of that. And our main levels built out of that. So it's totally different than a stick built house and it's, it's all new to us, but yeah, it's been interesting. So let's talk about that. What motivated you to build the new house? And is it on the same property? And then, yeah, are you doing this all yourself too? So the new house is on the same property. This was actually the plan all along when we decided to move back here. We, okay. you know, we had a set amount of money and we thought, okay, well, we can build a small cottage and then someday build our forever home on the same property. So that was always okay. the plan. And we'd been saving since we moved in here to build that. Um, okay. As far as choosing yeah. ICF construction over typical framing, my husband, well, he's an engineer, um, but he toured mm -hmm. yeah. a, a friend's <laughs> home that was built out of ICF back, oh man, 18, 19 years ago. And he kind of got obsessed with it and did a lot of research on it. And he always said, one day we're going to build an ICF house. So okay. that's kind of why we started looking into it after, you know, yeah. moving into the cottage. And just for long-term efficiency, it's, it's pretty incredible. And it's actually really easy to build. They're basically giant Lego foam blocks okay that you reinforce with rebar and all kinds of clips and then you pour the walls with concrete no big deal and they never move <laughs> well yeah. you know it, they're light which made it easy for me I could do it because you know I couldn't frame up a wall by myself you know what I mean but 
I could do that by myself. And I'm pointing out there because yeah. the house is right out there, right outside the window. It's right over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is the plan for the cottage? Well, since moving into the cottage, I'd, I've started a blog and a YouTube channel and mm-hmm. all of that. So I'll probably be using it as a studio and the garage right. portion, which is the garage is actually 40 by 40. So it's pretty large. So I'll be using that as a workshop. Okay. Okay. So it's yeah. pretty close to your house. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I would say maybe 300, 400 feet. Okay. Apart. Cool. Did you guys ever consider doing like an Airbnb or is it too close to the house? Um, It's not too close. And I get asked that all the time. I'm sure. (laughs) All the time. But no, I mean, I don't know. That definitely isn't a plan. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. It's different when it's on your property, I think, especially since you're a person on the internet, you know, because people have asked me that about this cottage that I'm sitting in. Because it's not, uh, it's a different building from our house, but I'm like, no, <laughs> I, yeah. won't be, I won't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, especially with children. I mean. Yeah. And it's a lot smaller, a lot smaller than your house, but I mean, it would work. Like it's, it would be better than a hotel room as far as size goes, but we enjoy using it. I mean, we use it every single day when I'm not in here, there's kids doing projects in here. So this is, this is like another square foot like this is more square footage of our house it's so close to our house that we use it like part of our house so we would that's know that. awesome yeah especially with a home business and yeah yeah you need that extra space exactly I know we just need more places to go our barn too is like more square footage people are always yeah. out there it's not heated is that where but, you had your sister's you know. wedding yes it is yes yeah so it's just a regular barn but we have stuff sprawled out like everywhere. Like there's books out there. Uh, one of my kids is going to be sewing out there today. He was actually going to go up to his room and my husband's like, no, you're going to sew in the barn. So we don't have to like instantly clean all of this up in your room. Cause he had a yeah. whole big bag of fabrics. <laughs> so <laughs> just go out to the barn. That's what we use it all the time for. Yep. Us the same way with the pavilion, although it's colder here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's not quite springtime there just yet. I mean, no. <laughs> it is here. It's been spring for at least a month, maybe more. Oh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. Construction in the cold is yeah. not my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can imagine, man. Yeah. All right. I want to take a break to tell you about today's sponsor. If you've been listening for a while, you know them Carly Jean Los Angeles. Carly Jean Los Angeles is an LA based clothing company that was started by a mother of four. She started the company with the idea of helping women to feel good about what they're wearing and how they're presenting themselves without putting in a ton of effort by creating these capsule wardrobe collections with staple pieces that aren't meant to just be worn once or twice and then you get rid of it. Like you have this top that you think, oh, maybe I'll wear this, you know, somewhere, but that you don't really have any occasion to wear it. These are classic pieces that work throughout different seasons of your life and for a lot of different events. The pieces that I have in my wardrobe, I literally wear every single day. I almost always, like I come out here and I think, what am I wearing Carly Jean during my ad? I'm like, oh, literally everything, (laughs) except the apron. Never take my apron off for these, I don't know why. But I love that these pieces, they mix and match. I have very small amount of space in our farmhouse to store clothing. I have one little half of a wardrobe and so, I need to be able to look presentable with a small 
curated collection. And I love Carly Jean Los Angeles for that. Their basics line is all made right here in the US, which I also love supporting this small local US company. Carly Jean is offering Simple Farmhouse Life listeners 20% off your entire order with the code FARMHOUSE20. It's a one-time use code, so you can use it once, but it's off the entire site. Again, FARMHOUSE20 over at CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Thanks again to Carly Jean for sponsoring today's episode. Okay, so before we dive into some of the listener questions for that I got off of Instagram... I wanted to ask you, what are your top tips for creating a dream home on a budget and or building a DIY home from scratch? That's a very loaded question. And obviously it could mean uh, buying a fixer upper, which you also have experience yeah. with. Yes. Yeah. Well, as far as top a dream tips. home, that's going to be different for everybody. Okay. You know? Yeah. Because like for me, my dream home was one that I could afford right. and live out my happy little <laughs> homestead life. Right. Right. I didn't, I mean, I could dream up something probably better if I really had to right. dream, but I mean, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but you also have to be realistic. Like for me, yeah. I mean, we've lived, like I said, we moved 17 times in 17 years and we lived in a lot of different homes and, you know, size and some newer homes, some really old Victorian homes, one that was a um, plantation home down in Tennessee. We just, oh, wow. we've lived in all kinds of homes. And this small cottage is where we've been the happiest. <laughs> so for me, yeah, creating exactly. a dream right. home on a budget, a lot of it has to do with the atmosphere in your home. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. the feeling that you get when you're home is something that can be created for free. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So yes, I honestly think there's a lot to be said for environment and, you know, things that you can do organization, keeping your home clean, decluttered as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we all have stuff because with kids and whatnot. I mean, don't even look at my garage right now. It's so full of tools. <laughs> yeah. But like the barn for us. There's a lot to be said for organizing as best you can and mm -hmm. keeping things clean and making your home feel like a relaxing, safe, you know, kind of a haven, really. Yeah. Without spending any money at all. So anybody right. can have a wonderful home on a budget because those things are free. Right. But as far, as far as, you know, I'm all about DIY. So as far yeah. as creating the home, I usually hand make things, or if I can't, I find somebody who can, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mom or sisters or a grandparent who has a skill and they'll like teach me how to do it. And I'll make things myself, um, you know, sewing curtains. I know you're all about that too. Sewing curtains, yeah. making pillows. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to cost a fortune if you get cre creative, you know. So right. DIY has saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years. No, no question. Yeah. What are some of your top projects that people go to the blog for? Oh gosh, a Sorry, lot of I people. Didn't ask, I didn't yeah, tell you to ask this one. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. A lot of people, one of my most popular is concrete countertops, just because I think it's something okay. that kitchens are so pricey. And a lot of people oh, are word, like, yes. you know, I really want a lighter, brighter, or just freshened up kitchen. And everybody knows about painting cabinets, right? We can all do that. We can all yeah, sand and right. paint our cabinets. But then what about those like bright, 
orange from like countertops. Like, what do you do about that without spending $10,000 on marble? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why that's popular because there's some great options for concrete as far as colors. So you can, you know, you can have a white marble looking countertop for really inexpensive if you just pour it yourself. So that, mm-hmm. that gets visited a lot. And I think a lot of people go to the website because they're curious and they just heard our story for the first time. And, and Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of more of a, what in the world (laughs) did they do? I got to see how they, they built their house or what are they talking Uh about? They think it's a gimmick (laughs) or something, but yeah. So most of my visitors come for that more than, than anything else. And honestly, I've only had my blog for a couple of years. Uh, I had an Instagram for longer, five years. I started after we finished building this house. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you yeah, that. Like, do you have... I didn't document okay. any that of it. Been, Honest... That might... You <laughs> wouldn't have got it done in a year, though. You wouldn't have... No. That would have been way too hard. No. It would have been so hard. Um, I've been documenting the new house build, and I did not anticipate how much it would slow me down to oh, have yeah. to stop and move Anything. camera equipment. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of the times I'm by myself. So to be able to film something while I'm building something is mm-hmm. so oh, challenging. Yeah. So I yeah, know it's time consuming. Yeah. I mean, I love it, but Holy moly, it's a lot. I know. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, sidebar. I'm like, what were we talking about? No, I, I always say, uh, I used to think sewing was hard. Back before I learned, like I got confident with now, now filming sewing is hard. Sewing is not hard. Yes. Sewing is easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's something you can do yes, when you have a little you. free time. Filming and explaining sewing. Now that is level yes. not two, like five. <laughs> That's going way yes. up. Yes. <laughs> and and then like a one hour project turned into a five day project. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know. Anytime yeah. I do something where yeah. I don't film it and document it, I'm just like, this is so relaxing and easy. It's just so different. Yeah. And it all comes across very effortless. We were talking about, and this is let's just like sidebar diving into influencer stuff, but we were talking about this. I met this lady who uh, I haven't dealt like at all gotten to the TikTok world. I never will. I have like, I put my reels on there, but I've never created the kind of content that you need to create to be popular on TikTok. And I, I won't have the time for that because it's a whole different thing. But anyway, she was explaining like how she got to these millions of followers on TikTok. And I was watching her t- her TikToks just out of curiosity. And they look, if you weren't in the know, they look so easy. Like, oh, this girl just documents her life and then has a million followers on TikTok. And I'm like, try it. <laughs> you try that. That girl <laughs> yeah. spends so much time putting that stuff together. It is crazy. And they're very well done. But it looks very effortless. You know, it looks like she's just somehow magically, you know, she's doing her day and then the stuff just this little video of it appears. But I'm like, where'd you put your camera? In there, in there. You kept switching it. (laughs) Like this day had to take you like more than 24 hours. What's going on? Yeah, I had a day a couple of weeks ago where I, I needed to get a shot for a brand and I said to Erin, where am I supposed to put my camera? Up in the trusses? Right. Like, I yes. need another person. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. That's been my biggest thing with wanting, like, if I wanted to do, like, day in the life, like, TikToks or whatever. Because I, I do those for YouTube, and that's not very hard because it's usually just once a day. But whenever people are doing these TikToks, they're doing this every single day. And that's always the thing. Like, 
it's going to take me an extra, you know, 30 seconds for everything I do today just to set up the tripod or more, a minute, two minutes. And it sounds easy enough. People are like, well, why don't you set up your phone for one and your your camera for your YouTube? And I'm like, it sounds easy. It is not. <laughs> it is not. Yep. This is why we don't do TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I feel you. So as, as far as my brand, I haven't been doing this long enough to really start creating content for content's sake. I've okay, just gotcha. been yeah. sharing the projects I'm already doing mm -hmm. <laughs> and thinking I should film this or I should photograph this and I will put it up. Once right. the house is done and we're moved in, yeah. then I plan on, you know, I, I get so many requests. Can you make a video about this or can you show us how to do that? And I just don't currently have the time to do that right. because my main focus is building this house, which is a whole yeah. huge undertaking uh, uh -huh. because it's just Aaron and I. Uh, so yeah, in the future, there will be a lot more right. Once you're simpler projects mm -hmm. yeah, that aren't so complicated and easier to film if I can set stuff up in the cottage, you know, and have all the equipment up here. Yeah. And explain how mm -hmm. you're doing it. So this new house, what is the square footage on it? And then what's your time frame? So the square footage is just over 4,000 square feet. It Whoa. Is... <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> it's a walkout. So it's kind of... Okay. You could... Explain it as a ranch, but from the exterior, the main level is two stories tall. Okay. The ceilings are 14 foot. So it looks like two stories from the front, and then it looks like three because it's a walkout in the back. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's it's quite large. And then we have a garage off to the side, too. And as far as time frame, it will get done when it gets done. I'm okay. guessing yep. it'll be done in <laughs> about a year from now okay. we've already been working on it let's see we broke ground 18 months ago um, okay. and then we yeah. had to pause so we got the you know the basement the foundation the footings the basement in and then it was winter <laughs> so right, we right. Were, it, it was winter and it was also the pandemic um, yeah so things yeah. got halted and then we were able to build the whole second story and get the roof on this summer um okay and then it paused again. We could only do a little bit of work out there just because it, you know, sometimes it's zero degrees here in the winter right, and right. we had no heat and it wasn't completely enclosed. So now we're full swing, you know, get it sided, get the windows in and completely enclose it and finish it off hopefully, you know, within a year. But we, we've learned the hard way over the years that projects are not more important than people and mm -hmm. we can't push so hard all the time at right, the expense right. of our kids and our family life and our marriage and all that. So we try to have better balance now that we've been doing this for over 20 years. Yeah. And we're trying to give ourselves grace, you know, too, as we're moving well, along. Well, yeah. And I mean, you're not like renting no. or moving. You, you have this comfortable yes. cottage, so I can see how it wouldn't be as, uh, urgent as your last build so yes yeah our last build and it's four times as big so it is it's gonna take longer it's big and my husband's day he's been uh commuting six hours a day for work for months now oh so my word added a little bit of a that's insane yeah, that time can you imagine yeah I, <laughs> that would be awesome if we had more time okay but yeah so we're just taking it wow. one day at a time and yeah you know moving forward a little bit at a time. And 
I yeah. I guess I'm old enough now to know that if you keep doing that, eventually it gets done. You know what I mean? So just stay focused on the end goal. Yeah, I could draw so many parallels with that to like motherhood, you know, where you there's all these things you get so upset about when your child is one, two, three. And then whenever you have kids on the other side of that, you're like, oh, you can actually not do everything 100% perfect. And they still turn out like decent human beings, you know, like they, yes. <laughs> they, they end up potty trained, they end up reading, they end up sleeping through the night, you know, despite a lot of, you know, any failures in certain areas that it, they all end up there. So yes, yes. Are you interested in starting a blogging business to support you on your homestead or in your simple living journey, or not even for an income, but just to share things that you've been learning with maybe family and friends? I have a one hour blog masterclass where I go over all the things that I wish I'd known when I started years ago that would have helped me to be successful a lot faster. The blogging world has totally changed. In fact, a lot of people actually think that blogging is dead because they've noticed that the journal style blogging has been replaced by Instagram and YouTube where people share their real lives there. Blogging is as good of an opportunity as ever. It's actually the most passive way that I make an income in my business. I have several different ways that we make an income with our business, but blogging is the most passive and it's actually the best income stream. So if I had to give up all of my income streams except one, blogging would be the one that I would choose. I, I love a lot of them. I obviously love podcasting, I love YouTube, but if I could only choose one, it would be blogging. If that's interesting to you or even just you're curious how is blogging still a thing and you want to learn for an hour in my masterclass, it's completely free, you can get that at bit.ly forward slash farmhouse blogging school. That's all one word, no spaces and all lowercase. Again, bit.ly forward slash farmhouse blogging school to get my free one hour blogging masterclass. Okay, let's dive into some of the listener gathered questions on Instagram. Um, if you're a new listener, this is something with before each interview, we put up a question box with the name of the guest and what their expertise is. And then we ask you for what you want to hear, which has been a really nice way to participate and get like what people want to hear from you. So we have a lot of design and renovation specific questions. The first one is window coverings. This is just a style thing, but I guess we can dive into a little bit about your style and people do follow along with you for the style you've created in your cottage. So what is, what are your preferences for, or things that you found that you love for window coverings? So I'm very similar to you, Lisa. I would have to say, I always prefer to make them myself because I can't usually find what I'm looking for. Even if I had a mm -hmm. bigger budget, I still can't find what I'm looking for. Right. Um, so hand making things for me, I mean, I think I've sewn curtains um, or Roman blinds or whatever for every house we've lived in <laughs> since I yeah. was 20. So I couldn't really steer any one towards any one store. So that's not very helpful. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, that's like, what about materials? What what materials do you gravitate for and what styles whenever you're sewing them? I love linen. That's probably mm -hmm. my favorite. I don't do a ton of sewing. I typically, I will 
pick a neutral shade for my curtains and I'll change out my pillows more often. I don't change out my curtains very often, like seasonally. Yeah. So I pick something pretty neutral and change out right. my pillows instead, which I also love to yeah. make and make pillows. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> Great way to save too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a really easy place for people to start and you can get it. Yeah. Very cheap. Okay. Do you have any tips for finding good deals on outdoor furniture? Ooh, That's tricky. Yeah. Because a, it's expensive, and B, I, I'm feel, feeling like none of it lasts. Like, we have this, we actually bought a teak table for our patio, and we got it last year, and it, it's fine. We eat on it nonstop, but it's already, it doesn't look good oh, at sure. all. Like, we're going to redo it. We're yeah. going to sand it, but I'm like, it's been a year. Yeah, and, it, and it, that shouldn't be the case, especially with teak. That's tricky. Is your patio covered or no? It's not. No, it's not really, I guess, it's a patio not. at all. It's yeah. just kind of a spot. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, over the years, have regretted any time that I went with a less expensive option Mm -hmm. (laughs) with outdoor furniture because I found the same to be true. Last year was last year, the year before, I ended up getting a few different sets and returning them. Okay. And getting another set and returning them. And I just ended up splurging, ended up going to Pottery Barn and buying what I really wanted that I knew would last a really long time and was the most comfortable. And I've not regretted it since it's not very often where I splurge on something, but that's been well worth it, especially for outdoors. Cause our pavilion, we, we can sit like 40 people in there. I made some oh, yeah. really long tables with benches. And so we spend a ton of time in there when you know, it's not winter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Upcoming. So, yeah. but as far as finding, um, like budget friendly options salvaged or like Facebook marketplace or, yeah. you know, if you can find an outdoor table and it's only like 30 bucks and it doesn't last you forever, that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You probably get a few right. years Yo, out yeah. of it. Yeah. So right. finding things at estate sales or, you know, flea markets, stuff like that is always where I would go. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about finding good area rugs inexpensively? Do you have any hot tips for that one? Rugs are so expensive. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And and they I'm in the really same are. boat with you as your outdoor furniture. The ones that I've loved the most and I haven't regarded at all have been the most expensive, unfortunately. Yes. Yes. There are things that you probably shouldn't look for the budget-friendly option because you'll end up spending more because you'll end up replacing it. And I feel like furniture and rugs <laughs> fall into that category. Yeah, I have rugs I'll never want to replace yeah. in my house now after after nailing yeah. down what I like. Yeah. One that I've been really happy with. So we just added two puppies to our house and I was like, well, I want to have a rug in here that's not very expensive just in case True. there's going to yeah. be accidents and I don't want it to be destroyed, especially with one of them likes to chew. So I found that some of the printed rugs from Laloy are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I've been really happy with the one that I have. It's a really low pile, so it's easy to vacuum with the dogs in the house, mm-hmm. but it's huge. I would say this rug is probably 15 feet and wow. I think I got it for under $200. It was just like on oh. sale. Yeah, and it, and it's really it looks, cheap. It looks great. So, <laughs> but yeah, other than so that, Leloy, yeah. I've seen that company. Yeah. They they have higher end ones, but these are the printed ones that are really inexpensive. Okay. And when I first opened it, it looked the colors looked a little off. It looked a little printed, but then after about a week, it faded and it hmm. looked okay. Gorgeous. So 
I've been really happy with it. Yeah, and at that price, you know, if something does happen, and yeah, like you have if to a puppy chews it, on not, it. Yeah, puppies are. Whew, yeah, puppies. Yep, <laughs> they eat everything. <laughs> okay, how about adding old charm to new builds? Is that something you guys are doing, or are you going more for the modern look in the new home? N not modern at all. This is something that I have spent. Okay probably the last two years thinking about when I'm not building. It's like okay. consumes my yeah. thoughts. It's how to make sure that I'm building a home that will stand the test of time and not look dated mm -hmm. or trendy. And that's right. really hard to do, especially when you go to mm -hmm. like a hardware store, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's or yeah. wherever, things that are for sale are going to be right, on just... trend. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh -huh, and it's yeah. going to be a small selection and it's really tricky to create something that's timeless, uh, you know, classic without it looking old, you know, like, mm -hmm. so yeah, I've put a lot of thought into that. What I'm doing, I've done a ton of research, reading a lot of books older books, like architectural books and design books. And what I mm -hmm. keep coming back to is using real elements, like anywhere where you can incorporate real wood versus a wood lookalike yeah. or imitation, real stone, marble, even if it's just a small area, like a coffee bar, you know, spend a little more money and put in a copper or sink or like brass handles or something, choosing materials that would have been around a few hundred years ago makes a mm -hmm. house to me look more timeless and less trendy. So I'm trying, I'm trying to yeah. create a space where when people walk in, they don't really know when it was built. Uh-huh. Yeah. I you went know, to a like, house like that recently and I asked her if it was old and she was like, mm. it's not, but I'm glad you asked because mm -hmm. we weren't trying to make it look really modern what are you doing about the layout? Because I know people have gone really back and forth with the whole open concept, closed concept, and that can make a house look dated, I feel like, more than yes. anything else. Yes, it really can. As far as the layout, we we chose our floor plan based off of our views. And so we have a very yeah, unique shaped house. It's It almost looks like Maybe there was a farmhouse on it in the center, and then maybe it had wings added over time because it's kind okay. of like a Z shape. <laughs> but does that create like nice courtyard areas too? It does. Um, like outside. Outside it will. Right now it's just a bunch of sand piles. It looks yes, so bad right now. Yes, but at some point at some I'm point, like, ooh, maybe that would create these. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is the goal. That's the hope. Um, so we've got great views from every room. We do have the tall ceilings. Um, the main portion of the house is open concept, but how I'm breaking it up is using, I don't want to say beams, but almost like boxing out and drywalling over and adding trim to separate, almost have partitions between the living room and the dining room. So it feels like a separate space, but it's still open as far as the flow. You okay. know what I mean? There are yeah. doors closing mm -hmm. it off, but it still kind of feels cozy and secluded. Right. So yeah, it's it's been tricky, but fun, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Really, really fun. <laughs> so are you, did you design it yourself, you guys, or you and your husband, or did, did I'm sure you didn't buy plans, but... 
it's sounds like you didn't. No, yeah, we we did design it. We had plans drawn up that we had worked on over the years of a dream home. And then once we bought the property, we modified it quite a bit because, you know, the views we were trying to utilize a couple of hills and the yard and it just kind of made sense for sunset views and things like that. But yeah, we designed it. Uh, same with the cottage. We drew it up and then both buildings we took to our architect, which is my cousin <laughs> and he's okay. been great. So he drew up the blueprints for us based off of what we had already sketched. Oh, that's cool. What were your, yeah. the, the question asked what must haves in every dream home, but I'll just ask you, what were your must haves in your the home that you're building? My number one thing is windows. I am obsessed with natural light, mm. trying to get as much natural light as yeah. I can. Yeah, windows, windows, windows all day long. And then if you can add a little bit of height to your ceiling, I always like to do that wherever I can. So our basement height is nine feet, the, the master suite area okay. and mudroom and all of that section of the house is almost 10 feet and the rest of the house is 14 feet. And that to me were like the two things that I really wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And everything else was just kind of flexible. You know what I mean? Kind of right, figuring right. it out as we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those were the must haves. I mm -hmm. agree on the windows. That is a make or break thing. I mean, to me, like we don't need to turn lights on until it's dark. And I, I love that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the last section of questions has to do with budget. We already went over some of these. What is your advice for finding land to build on when, I guess there's just really not much you can say about this, but I'll just ask it when land in your area is expensive. That's tricky. I, I you know, land everywhere is expensive. But yes. one thing that we did, uh, Traverse City, you know, being the hub of where we were, we started looking just like a mile or two outside of the Traverse City line just to see, you know, because the land prices go way down and taxes yeah. go way down. So that's really, I mean, there's not a lot you can do, you know, as far as. Yeah. The there's price of always, things is just the price of things. It, yeah. But there's only so much you can you, do with if that. If you can, like we were, we knew we were going to be homeschooling, so we didn't have to be in a certain school district. And if you can, you know, move a little bit into another County, um, you can save a lot. Oh yeah. In our area, it can vary by like within, within an hour, you can find land that is 5,000 an acre up to, you know, 40,000 an acre, all within an hour radius. I'd say mm -hmm. most is more around 15. But if you're willing to go out, you can find significantly more land yeah. for a lot less money. I think that's probably almost anywhere unless you're in certain yes. spots in California. And I'm, I'm sure people are like, yeah. oh, no, no, <laughs> there's this place. And I, I know you're right. But I know that my people always act like our place is the cheapest land ever, but I've, I've been looking at other locations just out of curiosity and it is not, I don't know. I think Missouri kind of blew up in the last, like, you know, three years or whatever. Yes. Missouri, yeah. Several <laughs> yeah. Midwestern States did actually. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not cheap um, to get land no. by any stretch. The next question was how to create your, Again, the dream home has to be so relative, but how to create your dream home when struggling to get ahead on debt? Oh boy. I, you know, 
anyone who's trying to pay off debt or live debt free or anything like that, live within your means. I applaud you because in today's society, that's just not normal anymore. You know, people are living outside of their means and it, and it's become normal. So that's a great ambition to have, but mm-hmm. it, it is, it is tricky. I would say for us, how we've done it with, with each home is slow and steady. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because they want their house fixed overnight or, you know, they want to improve right. it now and they don't want to have to wait. But if you can do a little bit at a time, and that's what we're doing with this house that we're building, we're paying for it as we go, which means it's going to take longer. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, right. with us, it's okay. If you have the goal of paying off debt and that's more important to you than renovating your kitchen space or whatever, then that's fantastic. You you could still upgrade a little bit as you go along, you know, so... I don't know. I guess it just really boils down to like what your top priority is. Right. You know, as yeah. far as living, but it's going to be different for all of us for sure. Yeah. I think the answer is just sometimes that's not possible right now. Sometimes dream yeah. home doesn't fit into the equation. And that's maybe like maybe changing the perspective on that being right. something that is even possible or needed, livable, comfortable. <laughs> that's you know, yeah, maybe the goal to strive for with that. Yeah, I, I could share a personal story. I don't think I've ever shared this before. But when we were trying to figure out how to move back home, we wanted to so badly. It was so important to us. But I also had lived in a lot of amazing homes. I had renovated homes and we had just finished, you know, nearly finished a beautiful house and that we were very comfortable in over in Wisconsin. And for a moment, I remember saying to Aaron, you know, I, I can move back home, but please don't, you know, please don't ask me to live in a garage. Right. (laughs) Because I just, I just can't do that. And, you know, we crunched the numbers and ultimately I decided I, I would be okay with living, you know, in this living space in a garage, really essentially. Yeah. As long as you were where you wanted to be. Right. Right. And I, for me, that was more important. And I knew I had to sacrifice something to get there. And I was willing to do that. Well, fast forward, you know, a couple years later, and this garage house has been in national magazines. Right. Yeah. And it's not an expensive home mm-hmm. by any means. It's probably the most humble little cottage you ever saw, but we are so happy here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we we learned a lot. I'm so I'm so glad I didn't stick to my guns and be like, no, I have to live this certain way, and it's got to be like this now. And you know, I'm I'm glad I decided to sacrifice something. You know, ultimately, yeah. because it it turned out to be a huge blessing. I would have never started a blog. I would have never started a business. You know, right? You know, the business now is leading to helping finance our house, our dream home. Yeah. So. Ultimately, you just never know how things are going to turn out if you're willing to, you know, be a little flexible. And like you said, change your perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something has to give. There's nothing I can say to make the numbers work out. If you live in an expensive area, you already have debt. I mean, there's just, I just, there's nothing I can say, like no special tip or trick, except for, I guess you can't, you know, there's just, that's just what you're going to have to live in because, you Mm -hmm. know, unless you can move somehow which that's not possible for most people. And your location around family is most of the time more important 
it would be to me than the living situation. So good advice. All right. Let everyone know where they can best follow up and find you and follow along as you build your home and then also share more tips and different projects you might do whenever the, the home's completed. Yeah. So you can find me at Fletcher Creek Cottage everywhere, all across the board. (laughs) I'm over on YouTube now, um, trying to spend more time there just because people are asking for videos. You know, the blog post is great for referrals, but people really love to see how things come together and they love seeing, you know, the real side of the story. You know, this is not going to happen fast. It's not a TV show. (laughs) It's real life that we're just documenting right. yes so, how this actually yeah. so we're over on youtube on the blog fletchercreekcottage.com pinterest instagram you can find me anywhere all the places awesome well very inspiring i know a lot of people will want to go follow along so thank you so much for sharing and uh sharing your advice here with our listeners and all of your expertise thanks dina thank you so much it's been a pleasure all right well i hope that you found that episode inspiring i know i did As always, thank you so much for listening to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast, and I will see you in the next one.